Yes, hello, folks. Welcome to the Weekly Manchester United Show. I'm your host, as always, Phil Brown. Joined now with fantastic Cam McWiggan. Cam's been on the show before. I'll tweet out the links to his uh, Twitter feed and all that there. I appreciate Cam doing this for us. As most of you know, I've had to replace Cam, so I've been off for the last couple of weeks. I've wanted to come back. I'm delighted to be able to get a podcast out, and I want to appreciate. I want to say massive appreciation to Cam for coming along and doing this. Cam, thanks very much, man. How you doing? No problem. All good, Phil. A pleasure to be on, as always. Really uh, uh, yes, man, I appreciate it. Big time. Uh, so much to talk about today, of course. Um, I want to talk about some of the divisions and fractures inside Manchester United. We'll talk about how well Ranić has done. Some opinions differ on that, whether United should look to continue with the Ranić-type guy, whether it should continue with Ranić himself, whether Pochettino should be the right guy. Lots of other things to talk about. Um, the summer transfer window and all that there. Um, but uh, come, I want to start with um, the game at the weekend, right? No, no, against Watford. A game that 15 minutes in, you felt confident that we're going to win comfortably. We're dominating the game, creating opportunities, and you felt one of these is going to go in. And I know there's certain things that haven't went in their favour, like VAR hasn't been counting it, there's no question. Right? I thought they should have had a penalty at the weekend too that they didn't get, and we saw what happened at the Man City Everton game, which is truly unbelievable that in the space of a week and a half, two weeks, we've had the Middlesbrough FA Cup goal saying that is okay, but that's not a penalty at Everton, Man City. There's no way anyone has any idea what the rules are. They're totally, they're, they're subjective and they're made up as they go along. Absolute nonsense. Just football's overcomplicated by idiots who've never played it before. But the big question from the weekend comes out of Cristiano Ronaldo. And since he's been in it, I've defended him. I've defended the criticism that's come his way saying he is the problem. I don't think he is the problem. What I think he is, a problem. And I think when you look at Ronaldo with the weekend, and I've thought this for the last few weeks, that's the first time I've seen massively noticeable decline in Cristiano Ronaldo as a footballer, his efficacy on the pitch. I mean, I'm not just talking about goals. I'm talking about how many times he gets dispossessed, how many times attacks break down coming through him. The free kicks aren't there anymore, right? Even he's missing penalties, right? You know, that chance he hit the post with at the weekend, he should have scored, in my opinion. And now you have a problem with a superstar that's undroppable but needs to be dropped. But dropped for who? Because the alternative is a guy who is available for Uruguay every time they play, but is available for United less than 50% of the time. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, in terms of Ronaldo, a lot of people from the start of the season have been on his back saying he's the problem, he's the issue. I, I've tweeted this actually a few times. I don't think he is the problem, and I actually I do disagree with you. I know he's getting dispossessed, but it's in terms of his work ethic and the type of player he is. He's been surrounded by superstars in every team that he's played in, mm-hmm. going way back to that, that United team that we saw him thrive in, that, that made him the player he is. Now, you look at the team that he's in, there's no cohesiveness. There's no one around him that is grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck. The only player that does that from time to time is Bruno, and he, he's inconsistent in doing so. So I don't think Ronaldo is. I think he just demands greatness. He demands the best from everyone. And when he sees his teammates around him aren't given that 100%, it radiates through the team. The negativities there, we, we see it every week whenever we watch Man United play. So... I disagree with you on that, and I know he does get dispossessed. He's, he's had a very hard job. He's never been a player that can play with his back to the goal. He's never been that guy. He, he can't hold up the ball. So Cavani is that player. 
But as you've said there, Cavani, one week is fine, next week not. He's not even injured. He just doesn't want to play at the moment. He, he says he doesn't play if he's not 100%. If Uruguay were playing Chile on Wednesday night, he'd be playing. So why is he not playing? Why are we paying his wages? Well, let me ask you guys. <clears throat> I said that he isn't the problem. He is a problem, right? So there's clearly other problems at United. And I would completely agree that United as a team still seriously lack cohesion that where they transition properly, where defence turns into midfield, there's there, there, there's a fluidity about midfield turning into attack. It does look very disjointed from defence to midfield to attack. I completely agree with that. And I do believe in a better team, he would look better. But the metrics on Ronaldo in the last 10 games are not good. Um, when you're playing against teams like Watford at home, I expect Ronaldo, because Ronaldo wasn't bought and brought in to score against Watford. He was brought in to make the difference in games like Man City, in the games like Liverpool, the top games. That's why you pay a guy £500,000 a week. You don't pay Cristiano Ronaldo £500,000 a week to score goals against Watford. United should have players at the football club that are capable of doing that. Otherwise, you shouldn't be at Manchester United. So if you can't pick off the weaker team, take a look at the Newcastle game, take a look at the Norwich game, take a look at the Burnley game, now Watford, right? This is happening way too often. When does he show up? When do we get Ronaldo? Now he's in the Champions League. Uh, you know, Alanga Commando against Atletico Madrid scored. So tell me, I mean, the Ronaldo that I saw the first half of the season isn't the Ronaldo I've seen in the last month or two. I'm not saying he isn't affected by what's going on inside the football club. Of course he is. But he is also part of the problem. He was brought in as a leader. He is supposed to be a leader in that dressing room. Now we'll get into some of the fractures inside the football club too. A unifying force, if you want. He's not the 23-year-old that was brought in or the 17-year-old that was brought in. You know, he's not that player. Now he's a senior player in the dressing room. Now he's the guy that everyone should be looking up to, providing the example. But when the guy gets brought off and throws a strap and everyone wants to defend him, it's okay. Cristiano Ronaldo can be wrong sometimes. Right? It's okay. I know you love him. I love him too. And I know he's a winner and all that. But that behavior, behaving like it, a, a, a smacked arse when you get brought off in a game that you weren't playing well in, by the way, right? Um, and who Alanga come on and, and scored in that game. To me, I think that shows that Cristiano Ronaldo is self-absorbed. We know that. This is about him more than it's about the team. If, if, if there is, he's not interested in the Manchester United that wins without him. He's only interested in Manchester United that wins with him on the pitch. And so now they have a serious problem because they can't drop him. But maybe they can't drop him partly because they don't have an alternative. I don't blame them for letting Martial go. Martial wanted to go, didn't want to be there. You have to let him go. But what's inexplicable to me is that this is a football club that in six months is desperately going to need a striker no matter who is brought in as manager. Why didn't they go after Vlavic in January? Vlavic was available for a great price, supposedly. Supposedly, uh, on a, a par with, with Holland at half the price. Why didn't they do something like that? To me, part of the reason why they didn't do it is because they're going to have to drop Ronaldo and they don't know how to do that yet. They've set somebody up in the summer and that's going to be one of his first big decisions. I, I think you're right on the Ronaldo thing. Also coupled with the fact that probably whenever they were weighing it up in January, They've said that we haven't got a manager in place at the moment. 
it just didn't make logical sense. Although to us fans, it did make sense. Probably at the football club, they were thinking this doesn't make sense to do right now. And the only reason for that in my head, I can think, is that they've got something in the summer sorted in terms of maybe Harry Kane or another striker. I'm trying to think of strikers in Europe. And like you say, Vlahovic is probably the best option. But I, I only the only person that comes to my head that we could sign, I don't think we're, we're ever going to sign Haaland. I think the only person we could possibly sign is Harry Kane. And he's the type of player that we do need up front. There is no chance in this world United are paying 100 million plus for a 29-year-old hurricane. It's not happening. Not whenever they're talking about Declan Rice, right? You know, if you look at some of the players they're being linked with now, you know, uh, Akanji on a free, right? Awesome, man. These are not, uh, these are not top-level players, Come. These are not players that are going to come in and, and, and change your season. These are not players that are going to take United from struggling in fourth to, to title-winning teams. Osman's a good player, right? But are you tell me if Napoli sell Osman, he, uh, um, he's available for, and apologies if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, um, he's available for the same price that Vlavic was available for, probably more. And yeah. so this is... No, the, I, I agree. So this was why I don't understand. So, so obviously... It's not just, it's not just a number nine you need to think about replacing now. Does have a problem with replacing a Mason Greenwood? Yeah, I mean, in terms of, of us replacing players, I think we're at that. We've been at this stage for a couple of years now. It's been really hard, but uh, think back to that Liverpool side that was shocking that Roy Hodgson was over, and they were trying to like panic buy, and they ended up. I think they signed Paul Konchesky at left back. And that was a real like statement. Like Liverpool have signed Paul Konchesky. Are they serious? Paul Konchesky, left back. We're getting to the stage now where we're running out of names that we think that we can sign. We're not the United that we all used to love. And, and every everyone realised how good we were at that point. We're at the stage now where it's a real crossroads. We're, you're talking about players that are like Kanji on a free. Is he really going to be an upgrade on Wan-Bissaka or Dallow? Who, by the way, both of them, I don't rate. I think one back is okay defensively. Going forward, he is shocking. Well, Kanji's a centre back, isn't he? Yeah, but no, he plays right back, doesn't he, for Dortmund? Or maybe he does. I don't know. I thought he was a centre back. Yeah, but, I think I think he does play right back. But in, in any event, I don't think he's good enough for for a club of that we should be aspiring to win the league. Now we're settling for top four. It's just not good enough. Well, see, and there is something that the current people that run this football club have to take responsibility for. Because unless the objective was let's have nine, ten years of utter incompetence and then um, we're going to turn this around, because that's the only thing that explains what has happened over the last nine, ten years since Ferguson left the football club 2013. Because we're adjusted to new norms that were inconceivable under Ferguson. I mean, if United didn't win the league under Ferguson, you were offended. You wanted United to go out that summer and spend big to make sure that never happened again. Now we're sitting here at top four team. Winning the league seems inconceivable now. We're now doing what we United fans once mocked Arsenal for. I remember being in a position, privileged position, when United were winning the league titles, looking at Arsenal in utter disgust, thinking, it's so tragic what's happening at that football club, and I'm so glad I'm not an Arsenal fan. Well, United are Arsenal fans on their finger. 
And I yeah, do but- not have any confidence that this football club is going to select a manager this summer that's going to unify this football club. Let me explain to him, Calm. A couple of weeks ago, we saw loads of articles about the divisions inside that dressing room, Maguire, Ronaldo. There's no question there was an element of truth to a lot of that. And so here comes United's problem in a couple of ways. One, those fissures inside the football club just aren't limited to the dressing room. That is also the case amongst the staff. And essentially, the football club is split into two between those who have been there a long time that are friends with Ferguson and those who aren't. And it's hard to touch the people that are really close to Ferguson because the backlash would make your job impossible. So there's issues there. Which, of course, like I've always said, when it start, when that starts above, when that atmosphere starts above you, that will filter down throughout the entire company, club. And then you have an atmosphere of division. And then what happens whenever you send players that you turn into individual bronze? The minute they start losing, they deflect blame to everyone else. Not my client's fault, not my client's fault, not my client's fault. I don't want my client tainted by this. When I mean, who cares about Fernandinho? No one, right? But all United players have PR companies that manage their brands. They're all individual brands. They're like actors. And as soon as things go wrong, the spin starts. And then that makes things worse, right? Because they all know inside that dressing room who's doing it. And they all know who they're pointing a finger at. You'll notice Ronaldo didn't come out and defend Harry Maguire when Harry Maguire (laughs) went after David McDonald and said that... uh, it's nonsense. First of all, that wasn't nonsense. Whenever David McDonald said that there was issues between Ronaldo and Maguire, that absolutely was not nonsense. Right? So, you know, I noticed Ronaldo stayed very quiet on it. So, to me, how do you fix that problem where you have individual brands that see themselves separate from the football club who manage their image? That Manchester United created this problem. Right? The minute the club starts losing, you can't have unity in a situation like that where you've got individual brands inside a dressing room because they're playing for themselves, not for the football club. First and foremost I mean, is protect me. It, it's one of those things that, and I hope people don't mind me saying this, but we were spoiled with success under Ferguson in that he was the best man manager, but also the best football club manager ever. To exist, we have been through the motions with every manager we've had. But it's shown that changing the manager means nothing. There, as you said, there is divisions in the football club that go beyond the playing staff, that go beyond the players that are going on the pitch, the manager that's putting the players on the pitch. But it does all fall back on the manager. And does someone like Pochettino have what it takes to turn this around with the current group of players? I would say no. If he can put his spin on it. There's there's an opportunity. I think he's a good manager. I think he's he's possibly a very good man manager. Obviously, all, all the, the players at Spurs seem to love him. They've got good things to say about him. There there is definitely vision in the squad, and, and I think there is substance to what you're saying about Maguire and Ronaldo. But ultimately, I think it all boils back down to what, what I've been previously saying that Ronaldo demands a lot more than what the players are offering at the moment. And if you're club captain, like Harry Maguire in my opinion, should never have been given the captaincy in the first that. place. Right? It was too too big of a job for someone like Harry Maguire, and it's not fur on him either. 
Now, I'm not saying that as a get-out clause for Harry Maguire to say, you know, this is why he's not been playing up to standard. Harry Maguire is an average English centre-back at best. That's it. He's an average English centre-back. He's not the type of player that we're used to, like the Reels, like the Vintage, like the players that we've seen throughout the years dominate games. Harry Maguire does not have the ability to do that. So how does Harry Maguire have the authority to speak to Ronaldo, who's been there and done it? That's where the division's created. And I think that's a problem within the club as opposed to anything else in terms of Ronaldo and Maguire having an issue. I think it's more so Ronaldo demands the best. Maguire has not given his best all season. And that's a simple fact of it. I've got no problems with Ronaldo's professionalism. I've got no problems with what Ronaldo demands of other players around him. Absolutely not. Right? But we also have to accept that Cristiano Ronaldo is not the Cristiano Ronaldo in his prime. Cristiano Ronaldo is 37 years of age, right? He doesn't dominate games either. So I'm not saying, you know, that Ronaldo's wrong. And there's clearly a massive difference between the mentality of Ronaldo and the mentality of Harry Maguire. I mean, to me, the day Harry Maguire said, I'm only here because I have to be, regardless of the context with that, which with that was meant, I'd have stripped him right there. You are the club captain. You have just put in a performance against Leicester that was a disgrace, an absolute disgrace. I don't care if you were just back from injury because what you failed to do in that game was the basics of a footballer. I can understand you not being sharp, not being on form. What I can't understand is you starting ball watching. What I can't understand, just like the Atletico Madrid goal, where you don't watch Joao Felix over your shoulder who just comes right around you and puts a header and you go... How many times do we need to, you know, other players don't get this. What's the cost of failure at Manchester United by consistently putting in poor performances? Ranić has a very, very, very difficult job because those players don't respect his authority because he really has not. So he's essentially a coach, an impotent coach. That's it. Because he has no ability to tell a player, you're not going to be here in three months on my decision. He has no ability to tell the player you're going to get replaced in three months. And and this is where you have to decide. You see, these top managers, there's not much that separates them. They all know every single tactical application, every single, they they, they know tactics, they know how to play systems, they know how to do it all. But at the very top, it's more about how you manage people. Because the club's surrounded by people inside there that understand football on a deep forensic level that you and I never will. They know, you know, they, 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 Kieran McKenna was, look how well he's done at Ipswich. Uh, no, these guys know football. The difference is, how do you manage people? How do you manage those egos in that dressing room? Do you have an environment inside that dressing room that prioritizes football over everything else? And the answer to that question is no. Manchester United do not prioritise football over everything else. Winning football games is not the most important thing to Manchester United. most important thing to Manchester United is making money. That will always take precedent. When you go back to Mourinho, what was it he said when the second tour of the United States? We're not going to go all over the United States. I want to be on one coast, the West Coast primarily, and straight back. Who won the argument? The, the money man. Right? Yeah. This is part of the reason why you know, don't want someone like an Antonio Conte in there. So these individuals run the football club in what's in their best interest, not somewhat in the football club's best interest. Right? Would Richard Arnold go out and appoint a manager that would demand nothing but the very, very best 
uh, just prioritizing football over everything else? Absolutely not. You know, they don't run so club who, that way. Who, in your opinion, should we appoint as the next manager? Right now, Phil Brown's making the decision. Who is it? it, it it's a really good question, and I'll tell you why. I think it's a secondary question. I think it's asking, what do I treat the illness with? Rather than, let's look at the source of the illness. Before we talk about mitigation, before we talk about in that environment, because essentially you're an impotent coach, right? Because Jesse Lingard situation, for example, Ralph Ranyak tells him he can leave. Now, I accept that there's three parts of that. Okay, that doesn't mean that the club should give you away. The club have to get what they believe is a fair price. But again, when a manager makes a decision about who he wants to let go or who he wants to keep, you need to get in the way of that. Because business is the priority. Right? And so, again, you go, what is the most important? You have to find a way of prioritizing football that makes money through prioritizing football. So, See, do you think... Do you think the spine of the team should be the ultimate sacrifice? So really, the new manager, whoever it is, comes in. The spine of the team needs sorted. You need two centre midfielders mm. that are Manchester United quality. You need two centre halves here, Manchester United quality. And you need a forward line that is Manchester United quality. You need a right back that's Man United quality. Huh? You need a right back that's Man United quality. Yeah, but uh, sorry, I'm just saying the, yeah. the spine of the team, we, we haven't got spine. That That's factual. That it, it changes too often. There is no solid spine of the team. So how do we change that going into the next season? Well, first of all, before you even get into anything like that, right? These these are all secondary issues because come if you look at the cycle of Manchester United over the last 10 years, it's identical, right? It's a three-year term for a manager. Start out getting a job in exactly the same way, and they get sacked exactly the same way. The club is in turmoil. You have this period where they do well, like Mourinho did, and then it all falls apart. The periods do well with Solskjaer, and then it all falls apart. If you look at where Solskjaer was sacked, it was pretty much the same position that Mourinho was sacked in. Right? Why is this cyclical? Why does this keep happening? Because first and foremost, the people that hire managers don't know what a process looks like. So they don't know how to stay loyal to one and consistent with one as soon as things start to go wrong. You've listened to Martin Edwards. Martin Edwards said, well, Ferguson was kept on because of the work he was doing behind the scenes. Let's take him at his word. Do you think these people at this football club are qualified to look at a process behind the scenes and say, I know results aren't great on the pitch, but we're moving in the right direction. They'd have sacked Jurgen Klopp. No doubt about it, if they were Liverpool. So first and foremost, let's get people running the football club, not some proxy board that has a title with no par. See, when Ferguson left, the par got usurped. It went upstairs. They don't want to give it back. Right? So, as I always say, there are businesses that happens to play football. Until it gets in reverse, where the most important thing to people, Manchester, Manchester is run by people. That are, would you? Can you imagine his business department being run by Solskjaer? Hi, hi. I know. Right? So why is the football department run by a guy who's a rugby fan who knows nothing about football? Absolutely nothing about football. So why it's is he? Yeah. So, so this, that, you, that tells you thing about a business priorities and how how United players are incentivized. Yeah. So so would you get someone like maybe Gary Neville who's got good business pedigree but knows football inside out? 
in around the club, no. back at it. No, you wouldn't have. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. For the same reason that you can give me any name in the world, until you need to give that individual the power to be a success on the field, with with having the ability to make recruitment decisions, having the ability to make decisions that are in the best interest of the football club that aren't always in the best interest of the business. It doesn't matter who you put. You are asking somebody to be successful with one hand tied behind their back and say, now go be successful against Liverpool who prioritise winning football trophies. Now go be successful against Manchester City that have an unlimited bank account, the best manager in the world. It's 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 damn near impossible. So we can talk about Gainab, we can talk about Zidane, we can talk about Jesus Christ until it changes upstairs. It's rearranging vectors on the Titanic. Yeah. But then, you know, we have to understand, as I said before, we've, we've been spoiled with success. You know, over the years, Liverpool fans went through this for so long mm-hmm. and now they're reaping the ro- rewards of coming out the other side of it. We will get through this and we will come out the other side. But it's Why? all Why about... Why will we? Because ultimately, at some point, what you're saying is going to change. There is going to have to be a change at the club. It's it's obvious that there's problems behind the scenes. You know that. I know that. Why, why would it change? Because it is going to change over time. Because why? effectively, the business is going to suffer. So the right now, has been doing this for ten years, Calm. Yeah, but it's going it's going to suffer over time because me me and you the the fan goers are going to stop going. People who go every week are going to start saying, you know what, my season ticket. There's no point in me paying that anymore. Let me ask you a question, Matt. When was the last time the New York Yankees won the won won the World Series? A long time ago. Right. Do you know how much it affects their brand globally when people buy New York Yankees hats and shirts? You know how many people that are buying New York Yankees hats and shirts across the world know the last time they won the World Series or know their last result? I'd say less than 5%. So this is the problem with Manchester United. is that they're a global brand. They're same with the Dallas Cowboys. They're a global brand that aren't affected by the micro, this, the results, because they're so iconic and they're treated of their history that Woodward's already on record saying this. Liverpool weren't affected commercially by not winning the league for 30 years. Right? This is why they sang superstars, if you like, because they want to be able to make money. If they were really focused on football, really focused on football, the way they run that football club would completely change. So they are confident that they can make money whether they win or not. This is why I'm telling you that it's not a guarantee that it's going to change or get better. It could easily get worse because there is rank incompetence throughout that football club. How on earth can you tell me that you can spend for the last 10 years like Brewster's Millions and be in a position where you're struggling to get fourth place? That's rank incompetence. How could someone, anyone that goes to Old Trafford without a degree not do a better job than that? These are the best compensated people in the Premier League in their positions. What does that tell you that Manchester United's incentives are? Certainly has nothing to do with football. They're incentivized to be a commercial success. That's it. Now, if they were incentivized to be a football success, they would not be the highest paid executives in the Premier League. So how you incentivize so, so how does that change, in your opinion? It, it how, changes. How does that change? The only way it changes 
is whenever big companies stop paying for, for, for sponsorship revenue. As soon as there's a massive drop in revenue that correlates to United's current situation, which won't happen for a long, 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 long time, um, that's when it changes. As soon as it hits the glazers in the pocket, when it demands competence, but United are so far removed from needing to be successful on the pitch for their brand to suffer globally, this is where their size really hurts them. See, Liverpool don't have this luxury. Liverpool have to be successful on the pitch because their commercial revenue is a fraction of what United is. Right. So right now, if you're saying that United, everything that you're saying is true, right? What happens this summer then? And how do United strengthen? What? How, how much will they spend? How much will they have to spend? Well, why do you think they brought Ranyak in? Take Stay a look at sure. who Ranyak is, is, is famous for signing. Take a look at the players they're, 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 they're targeting. Akanji. Right? Awesome, man. These are not top-level players. These are young players with potential. Right? So... I'm telling you that Manchester United can't afford to get it wrong. City can afford to get it wrong. PSG can afford to get it wrong. Newcastle can afford to get it wrong. United can't. Right? So take a look at the players that they signed last season. The Palestries. Players like that. That's where United are going. Right? This is going. To, this is the football club going towards sending younger developmental players. Right. And even so do that, you think I have will be there next year? What's up? Do you think Ronaldo will be there next year? I think he, United, would be more than happy to let him go. I think that they feel that with the wages that he's on, this contribution on the pitch, and probably how divisive he is inside the dressing room, and given the fact he's only got 12 more months left anyway, even if he does stay, I think they, they wouldn't care if he left. The problem is, Tom, when you look at even going after the best young players, two best young players in the last five years, you have missed out on both of them, Holland and Bellingham. They're not even good at that. Right? Yeah. So this is what I'm talking about, ranking confidence. Now, Jude Bellingham, and I brought this up on this podcast before. I want you to imagine a German player playing in a second division. Do you think an English club would have got him over Bayern Munich? No chance. Never. Not in a million years. Holland, yeah. who was given his debut by the Manchester United manager, who's a fellow countryman, still couldn't get over line over an alleged buyout clause. Where's that buyout clause now? Yeah, it doesn't seem to apply to Dortmund because it seems like Dortmund so, can ask what they want for Holland. <laughs> it, yeah. it, this is nonsense, absolute nonsense. It's ranking competence. Imagine Holland and Bellingham in this United team. Solskjaer would still have his job. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. And actually, I'm thinking of that. Even the likes of Declan Rice, there was a point where we could have signed him for a lot cheaper over the past couple of years. And, you know, normally United always signed the best English players at their prime. That was that was Ferguson's thing. It happened time and time again. And now we're looking at the likes of Harry Kane, who you, you don't think will we'll sign. No Declan Rice, we're probably, probably going to miss out on him as well. We haven't got Jude Bellingham, who's... Going to end up at City or, or one of these mega teams, maybe even Newcastle by the time he, he's leaving. That he's going to end up somewhere where he's going to get a lot of money and we can put him a lot cheaper. So you're right in that. But then where do we go from here? Is it just going to be this this 
thing that you're saying about signing young players and hoping that they progress? That's exactly what I see happening at United. It's exactly what I see happening. Right? You know, these insane red lines that are constantly, oh, 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 superstars don't work out. When, did you know driver really sign Galacticos? Because I don't think Angel Di Maria was a Galactico. I think he was a very good player. Radamel Falcao was not fit anymore, right? I mean, these are, imagine Real Madrid saying, we're not sending Mbappe because uh, Aiden Hazard didn't work out. We're done with them Galacticos. It's <laughs> bullshit in your life, right? Uh, uh, you know what? We're not handing an interim manager anymore because uh, Solskjaer didn't work out. It wasn't because he was an interim manager that didn't work out. It was because you picked the wrong guy, yeah. right? And so they're petrified of repeating mistakes, but they don't even know what their mistakes are. Do you think Solskjaer was a mistake? No. I think he done a I good job. I don't think job. it was a mistake. First of all, with the, listen, as I said, I still think he'd have had his job if they'd have, if they'd have signed Holland. Right, if they descend uh Bellingham, if they descend the players that he asked for, right? He wanted a defensive midfielder over the summer, they didn't get it. Right? Was hoping to get one before the end of the window. So, you know, this is what I'm saying. Right. So this is why I, I I'm sorry, with United, it's it, don't believe what they say, believe what they do. You heard this nonsense out today from Richard Arnold, which is just word solid. You know, there's rearranging words, professional and execution and professional. What? What? You're the second most senior employee at this football club. You're telling me you didn't have anything to do with the Super League? <laughs> You're telling me you've got nothing to do with the, with, with, with the atmosphere inside that football club right now? You're telling me you got nothing to do with Manchester United being a football club that's obsessed with making money? It's nonsense. He was picked because he is an exact replica of the man he's replacing. Right? When you want to know what matters to a business, look at how they incentivize their employees. Now, there's a football club that paid £89 million for Paul Pogba and losing him on a free transfer. Right? A player they need to spend another £89 million to replace. That's incompetence, Colin. It is. And I, I mean, see that Pogba thing, it should have been signed, sealed, delivered before. He should have. I, I I know why people say he shouldn't have got a new contract. I think he should get a new contract. Well, he doesn't want I understand. I, I understand what people say. And, you know, he, he is. He's he's here and everywhere. And then again, he plays well. Other times he's not. He's too inconsistent. But at the end of the day, as you've just said, who are we replacing him with? Look, he should have been sold two years ago. First and foremost, he should have been told two years ago, send a new contract or we put you on the market. One, he wanted to go. Two, we're still talking about a player here that we don't know what his best position is. He's 29, right? What exactly are you losing if you sell him two years ago and replace him with another top player? Do you think he'd have survived at one of the worst top football clubs, Real Madrid, Man City or something, with this type of form? No chance. It's the same with Van der Beek. What question have you not answered after two years? We're two years in. I mean, how long do you get at Manchester United before someone makes a decision and says, this isn't working out, we're going to replace you? I think it goes back to your point you've just made of they're afraid of the mistakes 
they, they're afraid to own up and say, look, we've made a mistake sending Van de Beek for 40 million. Where you know they're afraid to make a mistake, they make a mistake, right? Is when it comes to hiring managers. So if you look at David Moyes, Moyes was sacked within nine months. Why? Because it wasn't Woodward's appointment, right? Mourinho was kept on because Woodward didn't want to admit he made a mistake by giving him that contract that summer, right? Way too long what he should have, right? Uh, Solskjaer, same situation, right? Now, Solskjaer could have very easily been sacked the year right, right when COVID started because that's the name that before he sent Bruno Fernandez, the season that, that's that six months was a disgrace, right? Yeah, so but why? Why was he not sacked? If someone doesn't want to admit they made a mistake and hired him, this is where Richard Arnold comes in and guess what? Solskjaer gets sacked, right? So now Richard Arnold gets to pick his guy. And all this, this forensic process. How about you do a forensic process above you, Richard? How about you do a forensic process of how you run the football club, not a manager? Because you're asking a manager to come into a toxic environment and be a part of it. That toxic environment can't be fixed until you fix what feeds the toxicity. Because you're just bringing in another guy to feel. And the same cycle is going to happen. And so to me, I think... When you, this is also true of players. It's very hard to look good in this Man United team because it isn't a team yet. Don't do anything as a team yet. Wins fix that. When you start winning games, the attitude improves, the atmosphere improves inside the football club. And then you go on runs like you've seen on the Solskjaer. You never had that amazing away run. Right? But they can't get consecutive victories. They can't get in their position where they, their confidence is so fragile. Look at the Aston Villa game. An, an absolute replica of what happened at Leeds. 2-0 up, goal scored, boom, another goal scored right away. Leeds, 2-0 up, and uh, United won that game because Leeds are so utterly atrocious at the back. Right? Yeah. Now, there was some positive signs in that, and I think Ranyuk's done a very, very good job in a very difficult situation. Right? But who was it that told United players there's no consequence for leaking stuff. Who was it that told United players that it's okay to go out and go after your manager? Because when Ralph Rania came in that football club and gave them all home truths, they all leak stuff about him. His methods, his this, his that. Why isn't that punished? Why? Because what's more important to Manchester United is your commercial value trumps your sporting value. And if your commercial value, just like Wayne Rooney's was to Manchester United, was more important than sporting value, you'll get massive new contracts. Until that is fixed, forget about it. So Gar- Gary Neville touched on that on Sky Sports, saying that he knew the players that were leaking stuff, right? So so if he knows, the dogs on the street know, yes. the people in and around the dressing room know, why, as you say, is nothing being done? Why are those players, like, why do we not have the type of character like Roy Keane back in the day? What do you want them to do? Huh? You want them to, what do you want them to do? You want them to turn around to a player and say, you know what? We don't care how much you're worth to us. You're getting kicked out of this football club for doing that. They're not going to do that. No, I, I'm not even. I'm not even talking about staff. I'm talking about within that group of players. Is yeah. there no no leaders? Is there no one that can stand up in that squad and say, "Why are we leaking this stuff? We are a team. Why are we playing against each other? Who wants out? Who wants to go? Go do your own thing. We don't need you here anymore. We are a team. There many- has to be someone in that team." There, but there may well be someone, right? But whether there's someone isn't enough. They need, 
What they need inside that dressing room is nine or ten. The demands that says if you do, if you break this code, there will be consequences even beyond. Because right? it's not necessarily to sell the player, but maybe the manager leaves them out, freezes them out. But the problem is there isn't enough because, like I said, it's hard to create an atmosphere of all for one, one for all when you've got 16 individual brands that are more worried about their image. Right? 100%. I mean, what happens when you let it lose a game? You get all oh, these tedious social media apologies. Who are you apologizing? No, put it right in. And then what do they do next week? They go out and do exactly the same thing. This is image management. This is PR. Yeah. And they're so tone deaf that they don't get that fans are furious at this. I don't want a social media apology that no one reads. I want you to put it right on the pitch. I don't want a social media apology and then watch you go out and do exactly the same thing again the following week. It's very there's hard. A unique, there's a unique opportunity for this squad to make something of themselves in the Champions League this year. And I say that because we're in with a shot of beating Atletico. We're in with a chance of reaching the quarterfinal. And if this squad can reach the quarterfinal, let's be honest, it's a miracle. Because this squad is not good enough to play in the Champions League quarterfinal from what we've seen. Well, so there's a, a unique opportunity for someone or some of them in that dressing room to grab the bull by the horns and make something of this season and turn it round for every fan that has stayed faithful because there's so many people in Old Trafford that aren't happy at the moment with what's going on behind the scenes, but especially on the pitch. So in my opinion, this is a real crossroad for this squad because if we don't progress in the Champions League, the season's done. There's nothing to play for. Listen, the old saying goes, a house divided is a house will fall, right? If you don't build on solid foundations, the first time a gust of wind comes, blows everything over. And that's exactly what you see in it. They're so fragile. They're still a football team that is reactive and not proactive. This is a football team that as soon as their confidence is challenged, they're weak. They don't trust themselves. And so they're, if Manchester United win that European Cup, every other team, decent team in that league should be asking themselves why. Because no top team should be losing United. Sorry. There's still too many problems that are basic at the football club where top teams can exploit. I mean, if you need to go behind against Liverpool or City in the first five minutes, I, I want to turn it off. Because you know what's going to happen. They're going to get completely deflated. Muscle memory will kick in. They'll go, fuck this. We're going to get battered. It's his fault. It's not my fault. It's his fault. Why am I running? He's not running. That's exactly what it looks like to me. Right? You see them whining, yapping at each other with the referee. You know, why don't you take control of the game so that you're not dependent upon a referee's decision against Watford to win it? So that you aren't separated by, the only thing that separates me from a win against Watford is a, a VAR decision. Why don't you go win the game convincingly so that you're not relying on a VAR decision against Middlesbrough? That's, it's, and you're not unlucky if you can't finish. No, that's a bit like us saying you're, you're a bit unlucky if you're a boxer and you can't knock somebody out. That's a major flaw. You know, in your skill set, that's going to prevent yeah. you from 
staying at the very top. That's not unlucky. Holland isn't lucky that he can finish. It's a major skill that he's perfected. So I don't want to, oh, we're unlucky with 27 shots on goal. United had five shots on target at the weekend. Five. So against Watford at home? Yeah. So it's, do you know what I mean? It, 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 yeah. There's, there's big problems there. And listen, I said it and I believe this. Brian's done a good job at this point. He's done a very good job. It's considering. It's not an easy job, right? And uh, I think he's done exceptionally well. I like him. I like his honesty. And what I don't understand, Colin, when you talk about Pochettino, right? What makes Pochettino a Manchester United manager? I'll ask you. I think... I don't think you think shown... shouldn't it be obvious? Yeah. But because we haven't seen him, it's I'm not saying he's not he hasn't he didn't do anything out of the ordinary, really. It's Berkey brought him the Champions League final, right? But he's shown things in terms of his man management that we've missed out on for years. So we we we've talked here and we've said it that the players don't look like they're a team. One thing about the Spurs team was they played as a team. And I think that will be a bonus to us, if anything, if Pochettino comes in. And to be honest, he's the best of a bad bunch out there at the moment in terms of managers available. And if I'm really honest, even if we had Guardiola with this, with this set of players, we wouldn't be anywhere near winning the league. And that's well, a fact. Then so you just hit the nail on the head, right? I think Guardiola would fail at Manchester United for the same reason Van Hal did, for the same reason that Mourinho yep. did. And, uh, and, and because at the end of the day, United can't get out of their own way. So do you see Pochettino, there's just a couple of uh, uh, thought experiments. Do you think Pochettino, just what do you think about this? You see Pochettino coming in two years from nice dominating Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp? I don't want to say dominating. But or sitting I at the top of the table and giving them a serious title run. Do you seriously? Seriously, I think he finishes third out of those two easily. But but if we're breaking it down, I think he has us playing with cohesion. He has us playing as a team. Not he enough. has each each player and individual playing for the guy next to him, and that's what we've missed out on. So whilst what you're saying is probably true, and I agree with you on the Guardiola thing, I think he would feel. I also think Guardiola would do the same thing at Manchester United, and if if Pochettino's back within this transfer window, the one after, then we might see some improvements because I think he will buy well. And I also think that there's an opportunity at Manchester United for something that he never had anywhere else he's been, is that he could take this team to new heights, to the place that we were before. How did he do it Lagoon last season? Huh? How did he do it Lagoon last season? What did he he end up? Well, they didn't win the league. Lille won the league. Yeah, so, so what, I'm, what, I, what, what I'm saying is is that Manchester United, I think he will be able to. He went into a team. Well, Christophe Galtier dominated him, but he's going to dominate Guardiola and, and Club. I no, don't think so. I, I he's a nice guy. Nice guy. Mm. You know, nice, nice bunny rabbit. You know, he smiles. Everyone loves him. You know, that, to me, is why United want him. He exhibits a personality that's not confrontational, like a Conte. I mean, can you imagine Antonio Conte at Manchester United coming out doing exactly what he did at Spurs? United would be petrified. Right? Coming out, going after them, their management, their players, everything else. 
I mean, you can see why Antonio Gra- Gra- it's more about his style of personality that you know don't want them right that screws a life out of them he did it at Inter too right went in and see exactly the same thing at Inter when he got the job with the level of players he got the players that he wanted he won them a league got the players that he wanted at Chelsea he won them a league right got the players he wanted at Juventus won them a league is he going to get the players at United to win the league no but he'll call them out for it because he can you know, they don't want someone like that. They want a, they want a guy that's going to turn around and say, we're doing everything we can behind the scenes. You know, the club are working very hard, bringing the right players, not easy. All the same bullshit soundbite, right? That's what they want. They want a the nice guy. They want a guy that's predictable. They want the guy that isn't quite big enough to demand the club bend to his will because the club are bigger than him. Does Maurizio Pochettino walk into that man in the dressed room and get the respect of Ronaldo? What does Pochettino want in comparison to Cristiano Ronaldo? How do you no, get the respect of those top players? Yeah, but the, the Zidane so would get that managers. respect. I don't think Zidane. Do you think Zidane is a better option than Pochettino? I yes. think it's much the same. No, I think he's but better, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because he's, he's won a few trophies. First of at, all, at a, yes. Yeah. First, well, he's, you know, he went through European Cups. They're always unbelievable, first of all. Not just that. Right, he has the aura of a top manager where you can't question him, right? And so he also has a track record of success that gets you through when times are not good. Because when times are not good, you look to a manager and say, what's his track record of success? And if it's not great, you're going to go, never won the Premier League. Tell me why I should keep confidence in this guy, right? Tell me what he knows about winning the Premier League. When he's talking about this is what we need to do to win the Premier League. The players, what's the first thing they're going to say? How would you know? What did, when was the last time you won? Right? So this is where but it let, let me flip that round, right? You, you're saying about Zidane coming in, right? Zidane won in an unbelievable Real Madrid team. And I say unbelievable because the span of that team was the best there was. He had players in every department. Do you really think that he's going to do a much better job. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's not. I'm just saying, do you think he's going to do that much better than Pochettino if yes. he comes to United and sees Juan Bissaka yeah. right back and shot left back? Well, first of all, let me say this. Right, Zidane dealt with Real Madrid was what people deal with at Man United, individual brands as players. Right. So all the things that the dressing room that's in constant flux, uh, constant egos. Right, people pulled in different directions. Right. Massive players knowing how to manage those people. They give him respect because of his playing career, because of his managing career. There aren't many people out there that you could go out and get with that credibility that could walk in that dressing room like a Cantona or someone and demand immediate respect. Right? From their body of work. There aren't many people out there. And I don't think Pachettino's that guy. Pachettino's a good coach. He's a guy that comes in, puts the armor on his shoulder, everyone likes. But the problem is respect is always earned. It's never given. And nice guys are really respected. Nice guys are people that people will rarely go to war for. They rarely are concerned about their authority or consequences. Right? And again, you need to have to change how they incentivize their players and what, you know, when you look at players getting contracts that is not commensurate with 
their on the field contribution, you ask yourself why. What would be the reason? It has to be for something other than football. So we're giving out contracts. Honestly, I swear to God, if George Clooney was making United a million a week in commercial value, I think they'd give him a contract. I'm serious. Because I, why, why wouldn't they? That's what means more to them. Anyway. I, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't, I don't think the, the, the difference between Pochettino and Zidane would be as big as what you think it would be. However, on what you say there, I do understand the point you're making and how he demands respect. But I think we're, we're beyond that demanding respect. Louis van Gaal should have demanded respect. And, you know, the same thing happened. Mourinho should have demanded what respect. Did, the same did he say, say was the best coach he's ever worked on there? He said van Gaal, didn't he? Yeah. But how did the yeah. team do under van Gaal? Yeah, but the problem is with under van Gaal is that he wasn't completely supported. Right? See, the United lost interest in van Gaal because they don't understand what a process is. And I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve some criticism. But I've interviewed people like Franz Hook, who was there with him. And they told me about some of the things that was going on behind the scenes at the football club. And I'm telling you that it's impossible for any manager to, to be successful in that environment. Yeah. Right? So, um, not and, and Van Hollen since came out and been very clear about United's incentives and what their priorities are. So does Ibrahimovic. So has Mourinho. So to me, until you fix that, we'll be having this conversation for years. Anyway, mate, thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> and I'm glad you didn't I'm glad you didn't agree with me on everything, which is good. Um, and uh, I uh, appreciate you coming along with doing this. Folks, don't forget, I'm going to tweet out this guy's uh, Twitter ID and all that there. Give him a follow. At, um, Calm, thanks very much. Much appreciated, mate. And before we go, is there anything you want to add? No, mate. Thanks, man. Really, really appreciate it. Always Absolute good pleasure. Cheers, mate. All the best, Calm. See ya. Thanks, mate. Bye.